am not a lawyer, a doctor, or a financial advisor. Please verify everything in this episode for yourself. I do not support unconstitutional, illegal acts of or planning for violence. Any hope of restoring the Republic lies in supporting and abiding by the Constitution. Patriots and other interested parties. Today is Sunday, June 6th, 2021, and this is Deep Cover Patriot with The Republic Stands. Our short-form podcast has the most pertinent, up-to-date information that you need to know today. Okay, folks, let's get right into this because we do not have a lot of time, and I know that these numbers are changing. Megan Redshaw posted an update to Children's Defense Network a few days ago when the CDC released their newest VAERS numbers. Please pay attention. I will help by reading between the lines. Every Friday, VAERS makes public all vaccine injury reports received as of a specific date usually about a week prior to the release date. The data from May 28th show that between December 14th, 2020 and May 28th, a total of 294,801 total adverse events were reported to VAERS, including 5,165 deaths. This is an increase of 759 over the previous week. There were 25,359 serious injuries reported, up 3,822 compared with last week. In the U.S., 292.1 million COVID vaccine doses had been administered as of May 28th. You can break this down, 123 million doses of Moderna, 158 million doses of Pfizer, and 11 million doses of the J&J vaccine. Of the 5,165 deaths reported as of May 28, 24% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination, 16% occurred within 24 hours, and 38% occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of being injected. 4,740 total adverse events, including 117 rated as serious and four reported deaths, were among 12 to 17-year-olds. The youngest deaths reported, including two 15-year-olds and a 16-year-old, one 17-year-old. There were other reported deaths in children under 17 that could not be confirmed or contained obvious errors. Now, for any specific death, the VAERS ID number is listed. Now, for brevity and to avoid confusion, I am not going to repeat all of the eight-digit numbers associated with each death or adverse event. However, all you have to do is go to the VAERS reporting system database, and it's all there. Also, if you go to my GAB page, every single article I reference is posted. There were 635 reports of anaphylaxis among 12 to 17-year-olds with 
97% of cases attributed to Pfizer's vaccine, 2% to Moderna, and 0.31% or basically two cases to J&J. There were 40 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis, which are various degrees of heart inflammation, all attributed to Pfizer's COVID. 16 reports of blood clotting disorders, again, all attributed to Pfizer. This week's total VAERS data for the period December 14th to May 28th for all age groups shows 17% of deaths related to cardiac disorders, 52% of those who died were male, 45% were female, and the remaining death reports did not include gender of the deceased. Evidently, they hadn't decided what they were before they died. The average age of death was 74.4. As of May 28th, 1,831 pregnant women reported adverse events related to COVID vaccines, including 596 reports of miscarriage or premature birth. Of the 2,876 cases of Bell's palsy reported, 52% were reported after the Pfizer vaccinations, 41% following Moderna, and 253 cases, or 9% of Bell's palsy cases, reported in conjunction with J&J. Of the 280 reports of Guillain-Barre syndrome, there were 46% of cases attributed to Pfizer, 40% to Moderna, and 20% to J&J. Of the 83,684 reports of anaphylaxis, with 40% of cases attributed to Pfizer's vaccine, 51% to Moderna, and 9% to J&J. There were 5,159 reports of blood clotting disorders. Of those, 2,213 for Pfizer, 1,617 for Moderna, and 1,289 to J&J. Now, on June 4th, the defender reported seven boys between the ages of 14 and 19 in the U.S. reportedly developed chest pain and heart inflammation within four days of receiving a second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, according to a study published today in Pediatrics. Only one of the seven boys in the pediatrics report displayed evidence of a possible previous COVID infection, and doctors determined none of them had a rare inflammatory condition linked with COVID or pre-existing conditions. It is possible myocarditis or pericarditis may be an additional rare adverse event related to systemic reactogenicity, but currently no causal association has been established between this vaccine and myopericarditis, the authors concluded. Now, a search in VAERS revealed 628 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis among all age groups reported in the U.S. following COVID vaccination between December 14, 2020, in May 28th. Of these 628 cases reported, 392 were attributed to Pfizer, 206 to Moderna, and 27 to J&J. Now, of the 628 total cases of heart inflammation, 40 cases occurred in children ages 12 to 17, all of them attributed to Pfizer's COVID vaccine. Now, as the Defender reported on June 2nd, Israeli health officials found a probable link between Pfizer's COVID vaccine, which the country has relied on almost exclusively in its vaccination drive, 
and dozens of cases of heart inflammation in young men following the second dose. A study by Israeli health officials identified 275 cases of myocarditis in Israel between December 2020 and May 2021, including 148 cases that occurred within a month after vaccination. Of those 148 cases, 27 occurred after the first dose and 121 after the second. About half of the cases involved people with previous medical conditions. Many of the cases were reported among men 16 to 30 years old and most often in 16 to 19 year olds. Most of the patients were discharged from the hospital in less than four days and 95% of the cases were considered mild. On June 3rd, the Defender reported on research obtained by a group of scientists showing the COVID vaccine spike protein can travel from the injection site and accumulate in organs and tissues including the spleen, bone marrow, liver, adrenal glands, and in quite high concentrations in the ovaries. COVID researchers had previously assumed mRNA COVID shots would behave like traditional vaccines. The vaccine spike protein, responsible for infection and its most severe symptoms, would remain mostly in the injection site at the shoulder muscle or local lymph nodes. The new research, for the first time, provided scientists the opportunity to see where messenger RNA vaccines go after vaccination. As the Defender reported on June 2nd, a 38-year-old woman who suffered multiple organ failure from J&J's injection said victims should be compensated by the government for taking the risk. Kendra Lippi was diagnosed with severe blood clots resulting in 33 days of hospitalization. She suffered organ failure and was left without most of her small intestine and with crippling medical bills. Lippi's case was one of the six that led federal agencies to temporarily pause the J&J shot in mid-April. Because the government shielded vaccine makers from liability, Libby can't sue J&J. She also doesn't have a legitimate legal route to sue the government. The only current option for people who have suffered COVID vaccine injuries is the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, known as the CICP, which turns down most applicants. As a matter of fact, fewer than 1 in 10 people receive compensation after applying. According to data from CICP, more than 701 claim filings since 2010 have been received from individuals requesting compensation for injuries. Of the 701 claims, only 29 claims were compensated, totaling $6 million. Another 452 claims were deemed ineligible. There are 210 cases pending. As of May 26, CICP had received 152 claims involving COVID vaccines and 293 involving other treatments. On June 1st, CNBC reported Moderna asked the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for full U.S. approval of its COVID vaccine. The second largest drug maker in the U.S. seeks a biologics license that will allow it to market the shots directly to consumers. The mRNA vaccine is currently only approved under an emergency use authorization, which was granted by the FDA in December. The FDA approval process is likely to take months. On May 10th, the FDA amended the emergency use authorization for Pfizer's COVID vaccine to include 12 to 15-year-olds. On May 7th, 
the vaccine maker also applied for full approval of its vaccine. Currently, only Pfizer's vaccine is approved for emergency use in the 12 to 15 age group. According to the CDC website, the CDC follows up on any report of death to request additional information and learn more about what occurred and to determine whether the death was a result of the vaccine or unrelated. On March 8th, the defender contacted the CDC with a written list of questions about reported deaths and injuries related to COVID vaccines. After repeated attempts by phone and email to obtain a response to our questions, a health communications specialist from the CDC's vaccine task force contacted us on March 29th three weeks after our initial inquiry. The individual received our request for information from VAERS, but said she had never received our list of questions. Even though employees we talked to several times said CDC press officers were working through the questions, confirmed the representative had received them. We provided the list of questions again, along with a new deadline, but never received a response. On May 19th, a CDC employee said our inquiry was pending in their system, but would not provide us with a copy of the response. We were told we would be contacted by phone or email with the response. On June 4th, the CDC employee said that their request was pending in the system, but nobody had responded to the inquiries. They were advised to submit their questions again, which they have done numerous times. Well, friends, they will keep waiting. But Patriot, you pusillanimous presenter of paranoid prophecy, where are all of the deaths you predicted, I hear you say? Well, Christian crusaders of the Constitution, the deaths are in the numbers. Allow me to explain. The VAERS data, just like that gathered by the WHO, the NIH, etc., shows only between 1 and 10% of the actual adverse reactions. So if we look at the week of May 28th, we see that the CDC reported an increase week-to-week -week of 759 deaths. Using the formula we have already established, there were up to 6,500 or so actual deaths that week. Of them, the average age of death was 74.4. Now, these are deaths immediately or shortly after injection. America's frontline doctors, international attorneys attempting to expose the pandemic, others have released data drawn from multiple sources, including the WHO and the CDC, showing that while the quote-unquote official reporting system says that approximately 30 nursing home residents per day die from the vaccine, that number is closer to or exceeds 3,000 nursing home deaths per day. In other words, upwards of 20% of nursing home residents die within three weeks of being injected. This does not take into account the growing numbers dying months after the injection, just as I and many others said would happen. It will not need to be reported, because when the deaths gain momentum, they will stand out like a true Christian in a megachurch. It will be unmistakable. So folks, in this area, it doesn't really matter what happens with Trump or the Communist Party or Biden or Israel or Iran or China or Taiwan or Russia or any of it because as the world tears itself apart and we wait the numbers of people who have been injected increase all of those people are carrying a time bomb some of them will die most of them will experience severe side effects a few won't experience any all of them will be shedding spike protein what that means is that the unvaccinated are now 
and are becoming increasingly more at risk of incorporating these shed proteins into ourselves. And just like a person who has been intentionally injected, can't get rid of it. There's another broadcast I'm going to do that is going to lay down a little more detail about what you can expect. And I get it. I, I do. I get, I understand that if you look outside, it's a sunny day, most likely. People are going to the beaches, having fun. Birthday parties are still happening. Weddings are happening. People are enjoying themselves. But folks, let me tell you something. Nothing can stop what is coming. You can't stop the reclamation of the Republic by constitutionalist patriotic Christians. But unfortunately, we also cannot stop the death sentence that has been handed down to humanity vis-a-vis -vis this injection. Folks, I'm going to end this with something that I know you've heard, but I need you to listen to it. This was never about COVID. It was always about the vaccine. May God bless you and keep you, and may God bless America.